We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Welcome back. Best hour of their day. We are your hosts, Ackerman and Fern. Just going last names now. I mean, it only took 350 episodes for you to sort that out. And when you see our social media, you often Which see I don't Ackerman. know... I don't know why that's weird because in the entirety of the time that we have known each other, I'm not aware of anybody that has referred to us as anything other than Ackerman or Fern. You are almost exclusively known by your last name. I'd say I get a mix. I get a mix of both. Okay. We are the Lennon and McCartney, if you will, of (laughs) podcasting. (laughs) <laughs> you know it's uh, a i'm clearly, i wish i wish i could say that's the dumbest thing i've heard today but it's not it's not the dumbest thing you've nope. heard today nope. nope hey so before we dive into our topic of referral programs we've not touched upon hashtag fern does fran i mean what what let, then let's touch upon it, if you shall, if you will. Yeah, for those that didn't see it, the full video is on our Instagram, on our IGTV channel, as well as our YouTube channel. We which, should also touch on the fact that you have not done it yet. You know, we're partners. Right. And I think we need to draw the line, you know, at certain spaces. I feel like... Like, like 80-20, just like everything else we do. I'm 80, you're 20. Yeah, you you do 80% of the load, the work, and the workouts. No, I considered it. We're like like Mad Max Thunderdome, the machine, and you're that little guy that I carry around on my my shoulder. You know who else was carried around on their shoulder? Yoda. (laughs) And I'm the Yoda to your Luke Skywalker. I mean, you, I am the master. And I, I did consider doing it. It was a, it was a, Maybe a week ago, you know, we're, people are probably listening to this a couple weeks later, but I think it was a week ago, Monday, and I woke up, I was like, I'm going to do Fran, and then I just decided against it. I had no one to encourage me. I didn't want to go to the gym and do it by myself. I did the class workout, but I have tooted the horn of Jason Fernandez over the last couple of weeks. I mean, impressive, impressive, 234. Were you shocked? Yeah, yeah. Quite honestly, I was shocked. I, I appreciate your honesty there. I, I your honesty. I didn't doubt your fitness. I know you're, you know, former Division One athlete. That goes without saying. But I, I do think it's fair to talk about how long ago that was, just in general. Well, you're just recently turned forty, so it was so probably at six, least sixteen years ago. I sixteen was years ago. That means you were in college for you know eight years, but a lot of. A lot of people go to college for eight years. <laughs> They're called doctors, but still. Um, I'm what, a doctor. I'm a doctor of CrossFit. You, you know, I, I do think level four should be considered a doctor. A doctorate. You have a doctorate in CrossFit. Okay. Yeah. So right. I didn't doubt you can go hard, but 
like we've discussed, the difference between three minutes and 2.34, while it doesn't sound like a lot, 26 seconds in a three-minute workout is devastating. That was what it felt like. It was um, now. So I had, I had there was a couple things that I used to my advantage, right? So, and if you didn't watch the video, watch it. I talk about a lot of that. So I, I did for sure do an extensive warm up. Like I was just petrified. I, I was basically just wasting time. Um, but I knew I was like, hey, if I'm gonna, if I'm really gonna go fast, I need to move well, right? So I basically really wanted to get my hips ready to go, hips, knees, ankles, so that the squat was the easy portion, right? Pull-ups are kind of my jam. I don't need to do a ton of work there. I've just got whatever 12 years of doing pull-ups and CrossFit under my belt. That's that's what falls in my wheelhouse, and thrusters kind of do too. Um, but the squat was what I was worried about. I want to make sure my legs were ready to go, that my positions were good so I could just move well, right? It doesn't mean I move perfectly, but I wanted to move well for me. The other thing that I did really quickly, and I put this in the video too, is I just touched a heavy thruster, not intended to be a heavy day. This was intended to, to, to literally aid the Metcon portion of it, right? So this was not a strength portion. This was like, I hit like 135, 165, 85, 205, and I was done. That was it. I just wanted to make the 95 feel really light so that I could push and pull. Um, and then experience was the last thing, which was if I, I knew if I could push the pace, I could largely get ahead of the pain. Right, so three minutes is roughly where that's really going to start to kick in. I knew if I could get there prior to that, I would be okay. Now, that's not going to mitigate what happens after that, but I was like, I'll deal with it afterwards. But I knew if I could get there in under three minutes, or I knew if I could, and I put this in the video, I knew if I could get through the 15 at the two-minute mark, and I'm pretty sure I did it in exactly two minutes, I would be able to suck it up. However, I almost <laughs> missed the pull-up bar when I jumped on the nine. Like I couldn't jump four inches to get there. And my grip was smoked. Like I almost came off on the on the pull-ups for nine. Yeah, you know, going back to what you said about getting ahead of the pain. That's kind of a reference I've told people. My best ever friend, I think, was 246. That's what I told people. It's like you're running and you're just trying to stay ahead of it because it'll catch you after. It's like a sprint on the assault bike. Right. You know, if you can finish before the, the lactic acid starts to just flow through. And that's why we've all done those workouts where you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm not fine. I was you're, definitely not fine afterwards. Yeah. And, you know, you threw up. Yeah, which is again that was just, that wasn't to be dramatic. Like that was the first time I've done that, and and I didn't enjoy it. I don't recommend it. Um, it was it was white girl wasted vomit. Like it was just like it was maybe it was a little bit too much pre workout beforehand, but I didn't even drink a full thing. It was just it was just rough. It was one of those the room is spinning type of uh, feelings. It was just like I knew it was coming, and I was trying to hold it off. And it, at some point, I was just like, "This is gonna happen. Like, let's just do it." You know? well, that's just your body rejecting what you just did to it. Like, what? what's that? It's lactic acid buildup in your stomach, right? It's just, it's just like it eventually will pool in your stomach, and then your body's like, "We should get rid of this." Was that the hardest you've worked out in a significant amount of time? <laughs> Years. <laughs> so when you do something like that, and you realize, "Wow!" Like, what is your best ever friend? Two nineteen. So was that fifteen or seventeen seconds off? Is that right? Right, fifteen yeah. seconds off. So I mean, and you're training more and harder when you do that at two thirty four, and you're like, I still got it. Like that's a 
that's a 99th percentile fran time and, um, and I tell you this, watching the video, I actually know exactly where I could get those seconds. I was where, watching where the, the pull-ups, the pull, the pull, but now in hindsight, I was using the pull-ups to catch my breath, right. but I was just trying to slow down a little bit. If I was going to bump that up again, I would get on the pull-ups and I would cycle those way faster because I can, like I would have been screaming through the pull-ups. And like you said, you're just getting ahead of the pain anyway. Yeah. So when you do something like that, does it... Does it motivate you to say, why don't I train like that more often? Or is it like, I don't ever want to feel like that? It's probably a mix of both. It, it's probably a revalidation of things that we've talked about here is that like, as fit as I may not feel at 40 kind of training semi irregularly, it's still there. Right. And this is for everybody. It's just, we, we live in this bubble in CrossFit that we have this completely unrealistic expectation for what fitness should be or should act or, or really looks like not realizing that most people walking around, they can do a four minute friend or probably the fittest people in most rooms. So for there, I'm just like, I'm good. Like I've got the capacity that I need in the event. Some crazy shit goes down and I need to, to do what I need to do. Um, but it's and but down the middle it's just like hey I should I should train a little bit harder but not to that extent like there's no need for me to do that to myself like I took five days off after that well, not because I not because I need to but because I went on vacation you know but that, that was my follow was terrible. I want to know one how messed up were you for the remainder of the day and then two how sore were you after uh, two hours afterwards. And honestly, I wasn't that sore at all afterwards. Um, because I had put in a couple, I had put in, I think earlier that week, I like earlier in the week, I'd put in like a pretty hefty assault bike workout that had kind of crushed my leg. So my, I was kind of ready for that. So physically I, I was fine moving forward. Like I wasn't super sore at all afterwards. Emotionally, I was devastated, you know, like it, but it, but for about two hours afterwards, I was kind of a wreck. I was just like, yeah. We well, you know, got on a call shortly after, and you were, I mean, let's be honest, you're never that valuable on a call. But you were even less, you know, coherent than usual. Yeah, I was not not prepared to do high cognitive skill things. You know. All right. So you know, for those that haven't watched the video, go go check it out. But it. You know, any last words on it? You know, lessons? No, I think I put it in the video, which is I, I stand by the statement is I don't know what the return on that was. Right. So right. where could you have, where do you feel like, okay, I would have gone to this time, 250, 255, 330, and feel like same, same value out of that workout? Three to three and a half minutes, potentially even four. Right. But four is probably like a little bit long, but like three to three thirty, I think this, the same value is still there. You know, I, I don't know that my respiratory rate is going to get any higher. I don't know that my heart rate is going to get any higher between two thirty and three minutes. The lactic acid buildup is just going to happen at a, at a significantly higher rate. Right. Which is what makes it so terrible, which makes it so terrible. So I think the value is definitely there. Um, outside of that, like if you want to go faster, realistically, you just need to be stronger, probably, you know, like the thruster should feel like an empty barbell, you know, like I wasn't moving slow. 
No, you definitely you know, were I, moving slow. I was pushing and pulling the barbell, but like the only the only way to go faster is literally to go faster, right? There's like with the exception of like I, I wasn't going to get a ton more with I'm not going to get a ton more with regard to efficiency. The transitions were were you know. I don't know, three seconds on the long end. Unbroken. Right. Everything's unbroken. Three seconds. I could clean up on some transitions. I didn't waste any time outside of that. It's just, you know, the pull-ups, right? 45 pull-ups done faster can, can buy you 10, 10 seconds pretty easily. So you say, you know, three to three thirty, even four minutes, and you're getting the same results for the most part. Where do you think you could have slowed down to what time to push that? But walk away from it fine uh three minutes i think 30 seconds because i did it like two months ago and i was fine so that 26 seconds is really tremendous it's tremendous for something like that it's the difference between running uh again we can go back to the 400 meter um reference it's the difference between running a 90 second 400 and a 60 second 400 right on one you're almost I mean, that's still, both of those are fast for me, but yeah, but on one, it's almost like, Hey, I'm in the middle of a workout and I'm actually recovering at this pace. And well, one a 90 second 400 in a workout is actually pretty right, like, fast. You're, you're, you're not, you're not slow. However, a 60 second 400 is, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not world-class. However, it probably you're, looks to the, to the lay person, like you're running from danger. Yeah. It's like second 400. And it's almost, you know, another reference because you can see these numbers would be a 215-500 versus a 145. You know, although neither of those is incredibly fast, you're probably not pulling a 145 mid-workout repeatedly, but you can, and it would leave you a little exhausted. And you would be functional after 145 versus, I mean, you wouldn't have to go that far. Like a row of 125-400, make it 20 seconds on the row. A 125 for most people, non-functional afterwards. Yeah. So... Interesting stuff. Good observations. Kudos to you for actually, you know, putting your body where your mouth is, so to speak. And like I said, I, I, I'm impressed, man. 234 at 40 years old, you know, once a D1 athlete, always a D1 athlete is what I've said. Still got it. Still, you still got it. So let's uh, take a hard left and talk about referral programs, right? This is the time of year. 2021 new year's resolutions people are going to start coming in their friends and family of the, of your current members want to bring people in so let's talk about what a referral program is what it isn't some best practices and some things you should avoid so i, I guess we've started with a question like what do you think is the number one reason people are have like it's probably safe to say that most affiliates have a referral offering of some sort right is that fair but if i ask them they'd be like hey would you guys have a referral they'd be like yes they uh my member gets a free month or something like that like i'd say 80 to 90 percent of affiliates okay so why in your experience what do you think is the biggest issue with regard to people not getting more referrals right and when i say more referrals i think like somebody who's uh, has a good referral program should get 20 to 30 a year well, and you know, here's the thing. I would say most of your new members are referrals. It's just a matter of if that person that referred them is making you aware of that. I mean, maybe. Not always. Depends on the... But, you know, well, I think, you know, what's the best marketing you could do at a box? Chase excellence, you know, do a great job and 
get tremendous word of mouth. Coach Glassman used to say, you know, I don't market. I have an army of marketers. And it's true. You right. know, like your standard memes of like, how do you know a CrossFitter? They won't stop talking about it. But I think, let, let me flip this on you. I think a lot of affiliates offer a referral program because they don't think their members will refer people otherwise. I think that's probably a fair assessment. Uh, however, I would challenge people to look at it differently is that, you know, you, you offer a pretty amazing service. I mean, we, we know the effectiveness and the potency of CrossFit. I mean, we literally just finished talking about it. Why wouldn't they refer their friends? Right. But for some reason they feel like I need to incentivize people to refer. And it's like I said, if, if I'm enjoying something, I'm talking to my friends, my family about it. They know that about me. It's posted on my social media. You know, it, it's out there. You're putting out end of 2020 letters. You're like, hey, you know, I'm sure in your end of the year letter, it talks about how you, you know, Chappie did this, Logan did that, Fern did a 234 Fran. It's all, you know, just put it all together for the family. I got the letter. The shutterfly. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, so I, I think kind of the hang up is A, they're designed wrong, right? Like the actual offering. So there's two pieces to this, right? So let, let's first talk about what are, there's a difference between a referral offering, like this is what people get, and then a program. And I think we may have touched on this before. A program is what feeds people in to this kind of like funnel, if you will. I don't love the term because it in, like has this weird Facebook marketing campaign thing attached to it, but that's not what we're talking about. And then the actual offering, which is like, what do people get for it, right? So most gyms have an offering. Very few of them have an effective program that systematically and intentionally puts people in a position to make a referral. That is that is usually the missing piece. Now, a lot of times before that, the referral offering is just not really that great. So typically, the kind of um, the, the if you're going to stumble your way through this, and a lot of affiliate owners who are listening to this are probably going to be like, you're going to fall in this category because this was me for a long time. Typically, it's designed first to incentivize the wrong person, which is my current member, right? And only that person, right? So what I mean by that is if I'm a member at CrossFit Rife and I love it there, and then I bring in Jay because I'm like, maybe if he CrossFits, he'll get taller. I just really want him to be more than 5'3". It's not working yet. It's not no, working yet. Not, it's still not working, but there's a chance if he hangs from the pull-up bar, he'd be like, MJ. The So then I bring him in and then they would give me a free month. And then you don't really get anything for that. Right. So you just, you just come in. Right. So that, that lacks like incentive with regard to it. Now, if we flip it the other way and I'm like, Hey, if you bring somebody in, they get something for coming in because you referred them. Right. I think that's mildly better. Right. Because I'm incentivizing, I'm kind of lowering the barrier for this new person to come in. Uh, and that's one of the instances where I think it's okay because net I'm still way up, right? I've got one more person and uh, you, there's ways to cover that cost. But um, And what you're doing is I'm giving the member the tool to give the referral, right? So I don't give the referral. The, remember gives, the member gives the, furl, the referral, right? So there's social proof attached to it. They feel like they're giving. Like it's, it's about like gift giving. And if you read the book Influence, there's a lot of things with regard to like how you should do these things. Um, the best option is to reward both parties, right? So, and then I need to design it clearly so that both parties understand how it works. 
Then I need to put it in the person's hands who was going to give the referral. And they need to continually set up scenarios in which they would be prompted and incentivized to give the referral. So that would now constitute a referral program. So the offering is, we'll just make this up 50-50. You get 50 off your a next month membership and you get 50 off of your first month membership, right? Boom. Both people get something. There's some things you can sprinkle on top of there to make it even better that I think really spice this up. Um, but then, so that's the offering. The program is how I feed people in to give them the offering, right? That is typically what is not found in probably 99 out of a hundred CrossFit gyms. There's no systematic means of getting the referral, right? If you ask most people, they're just like, oh yeah, somebody, so-and-so just brought them in because they wanted them to bring them in. And you have one or two of those people in your gym that do it of their own volition. The problem is you probably have five or six of them, maybe even more that would do it if you just gave them the opportunity to do it. Which is now where we start putting things like bring a friend week on the calendar, right? So bring a friend week is designed. That is the program that brings people in that's attached to the offering and it's on my calendar. So now it's done systematically, periodically, and intentionally so that I can tee this up repeatedly over the course of the year. And again, if you're doing this, even on an average level, you should get no less than 15 to 20 people to come in every single time. So call it 45 to 60 opportunities. Let's say, oh, you're going to sell 30% of those. You're looking at 15 to 20 people. And if I'm in it, most gyms would cr- would kill to give a net gain of 15 to 20 people annually. You know, so this is how I'm, this is like when we're referring to marketing, like I think this is where I think people should start, right? Like, don't worry about Facebook and your social media and all that shit. Like clean up your offering, clean up your referral program. Like that is marketing. And now I need to put it in people's hands and communicate how they should be able to do it. Well, I'm going to break right there for a second. You know, we talk about bring a friend day, bring a friend week. Where, where do you think people go wrong there? I, I don't think day works. I, I agree. But, so there's, I there's so I think there's two. I think there's two major problems. The first one is the duration for the event is too short, so like a day. The second one is the frequency is too high, right? So a day every week or a day every month. I think those both are recipes for failure because it it like waters down the importance of it, and it's not a thing anymore. Or it, it's it's just it's you don't actually end up making it an ordeal. It's just something that sits up here on the calendar that never actually gets in attention. So it it very it very seldom gets enough traction where it's like it, where it would be deemed effective. So I think what's more optimal, uh, and I even toyed around with doing a month. I actually had a a, um, a client and quasi mentor for a while who owns multiple Chick-fil-A's. He was like, you should just do a free month because Chick-fil-A is all about free. It's free or full price. Like that's the way they operate. Um, that's probably a little bit too much for the gym. Um, cause people get addicted to discounts. They typically don't get addicted to free. Right. Yeah. I, I like the free, I, I've recommended boxes do this, like maybe annually reach out to the people that have left that were at one point members and say, Hey, we'd love to have you back you know, come back for January for free. And my thought is always, if they come back and they use the entire month, they're going to stay. If they come back and they stick around for two or three days and leave, who cares? 
Yeah, I would I would probably find something in the middle or something that was completely unique. Be like, hey, I like I want to give you like a free like create a program or something like a free jumpstart program or something like that. Something that's not going to bring them in, caught you know you know tie up resources of my time or anything like that. Um, or put way too many people in the classes that would create kind of like water down the experience uh, at, at like, in a, in a real quick fashion. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can do that. And there's other ways to bring those people back in that don't involve giving them free. Like, I mean, just reaching out to them and just be like, Hey, it's, we've been, a, it's been a while since we've seen you just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. Is there anything I can do for you? And you'd be shocked. But if you send that out to 150, 200 people, 10 of them will probably respond and be like, I've been waiting for you to send this email. I want to set up a consult to come back in. Mm-hmm. Right? Like just, they're just begging for an excuse to come back into the gym. Right? You just haven't done the work to just literally reach out to them and be like, hey, we got some new stuff going on. If you're interested, let me know. I'm happy to sit down with you. Right. So that's the, that's the big thing with regard to referrals. And I really wish people would and this is not like rocket surgery, right? Like it's not, there's nothing crazy complicated about this. It's like package the offering correctly and then do it systematically on a calendar, right? That, that constitutes a program now, not just an offering. And the offering absent of a program typically is like, so I would, if you're looking for a litmus test, if you're not getting one referral a month, you do not have a program. So let's look at it. How would you, what are the best practices? What does CrossFit Rife do right now for referral? And I think, you know, one thing you've already mentioned, and I've heard you say quite a few times is both parties need to be rewarded. Yeah. So that, so I've kind of worked my way into that. So I kind of, there a couple of years ago, I kind of had this thing and I made a video on it and Jerkbox talk on the YouTube channel I used to have that was kind of like when you incentivize the wrong there, there, so two things, when I incentivize my current members, there is a difference between not taking something from somebody and giving them something. So the difference would be, Hey, I'm not going to take the shirt off of your back, Jay, or I'm going to give you my shirt, right? Those are two entirely separate scenarios. My recommendation is do a little bit of both, right? So you could do something like, Hey, you're going to get whatever the number is 50 bucks off your next membership. And I'm going to give you a gift card of some sort, right? I think the giving of something is actually the thing that really spices this up. I think the just discounting, and some people might be a little butthurt about this. I think it's lazy and I don't think it's lazy because people are lazy. I think it's an ignorance type of lazy. They don't know that there's a better way to do that. Yeah, I think that's most box owners, right? We don't, I don't think there's inherently lazy box owners, but it's they're out there. But I mean, like, I just think people, most people like when, when you don't realize it's lazy until somebody's like, yo, that is lazy. Like I'm not doing what I, what I could be doing. You know what I mean? So, so what are some other things you do? I mean, I've seen charts that are at the box with like gold stars. I've seen, you know, get to five and get this tremendous prize. And, you know, and it, it is one of those things where, don't be afraid to make the referral fee or, or prize or whatever you want to call it valuable because if this person stays, that's thousands of dollars for the box over the oh, long Oh yeah. I, I mean I don't I don't think you need to get crazy with it. I, I think um, I do think it should be 
I don't know, not necessarily 50%, but like it kind of depends on where your price points are too. Right. So like we have to factor in a lot of things, uh, but start with something that you feel comfortable with, right? Start with like giving to both parties. Um, let's just what say, you you did, let's just say 50%, right? Let's just say 50%, um, off for both parties. Right. And, and there was no entry cost coming in. So if you just join, you just start a membership. Let's just, let's just say it's 50%. I, that's a, that's a net zero. 50% off of your membership and you get 50% off your membership makes one membership, right? So that's kind of lowest barrier offer that I would give, right? Everything else, I want to dial up something that even with the discounts, I'm net positive. And then the following month, I'm up one and a half members roughly. So assuming I have some sort of onboarding process, I'm not going to discount the onboarding process because I don't want to discount that value because it's typically, a, uh, if done well, some sort of one-to-one scenario. But I will discount discount the month that when that they start, right when they go into whatever their membership is. So, so you would um, say, hey, our three introductory classes cost $250. You right. still have to pay that. But then our membership is typically $200. Your first month will be reduced to $100. Correct. Correct. Now, the the other reason I wouldn't discount the um the whatever the entry cost is, whatever you want it, foundations, fundamentals, whatever is because typically if done correctly, like you know, if you're the person that does it, then it doesn't matter as much. Now, if you have other coaches that are involved in this onboarding process, and I'm paying an hourly rate for these things, in my personal opinion, that hourly rate should be higher than what they would pay for be paid for a group class. So there's a fixed cost associated with that that um, onboarding process, right? So if it's 200 bucks and I'm paying whatever 35 to 40 bucks an hour for somebody to do that, that's 120. That it's costing me, and I get, and it's th- just to facilitate it. And the gym's take would be eighty, assuming I didn't do any of them. And if I gave them a hundred dollar discount, now I'm negative, right? right. So, but n- I will make that up in the membership. But that's not where I want to lose it, right? Because once they cycle through into the group membership, that cost association is sprinkled all the way across the class schedule. So I want to look at them a little bit differently because one of them has a very fixed cost to it, which is like the hourly rate, these three hours or however you design, doesn't matter. Don't get fixed on that. But that one has like, that you need to do some math on that. That's why I don't recommend doing it there because you would lose the money on that one. Well, especially if you're paying one of your coaches to do it. You, that's specifically there. If it's yours, then you, then you're still going to net positive. But I I would actually disagree because even you, if you're probably the best coach in your facility, you're going to be losing on an hourly rate. Yeah, I think people forget that. That's an interesting thought. You know, when you're discounting your time even though you may still be making money, you're actually costing yourself money. And, you know, one thing I've really tried to implement into my own life these days is working on things that A, are important to me, important to my business, and B, have a financial return, or C, I should say. Too many people are like, A, A try to keep saying A, B, and C. I, I hate when I do One, that. two, three, A, A, B, C. So, you know, too many people try to almost it's like you're protecting yourself. I see this in the entrepreneurial world, small business world. I'll, I'll stick my hand in numerous buckets and then all of these buckets are done poorly versus I'm diving all into this. And you know, when you, when you discount that hourly rate, that's something to consider like, Oh great. I'm still making 50 an hour. Well, now that's what your value is, you know, versus I, 
I charge a hundred dollars now. Are you trying to get that same client a year later to do a personal training session? They think your value is fifty dollars. And so that that yeah, so that specific scenario, which is very unique, and somebody is hope somebody took a lot from that because that's like I think that's a pretty big nugget. You're saying that was really important what I just said. Uh, no, what I said, and then you reiterated is what oh, I said. Yeah. Well, yeah. I try to repeat the, uh, what you say to sound intelligent. No, I know. I think everybody's picked up on that. The uh, no, but I think just the where you place the dis- the discount matters, right? So they would place it on the in the 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 intro portion of it, but that's costing me money because I'm t- like it's assuming that I have other coaches involved in the process, so I could lose there on the hourly rate. Where it makes more sense to put it, it also devalues that specific thing. Right, because if I've designed this kind of member uh, pro, uh, intro experience, I want that thing to maintain its value because it should be like an experience. It should be a lot of one-on-one interaction, you know, a lot of things thrown on top of it to to really bump the value up. So I don't want to I don't want to bring that down. But also, if I'm paying another somebody else to do somebody else to do that, now I'm really probably losing money on that. Now I'm paying out of pocket and yes, I'll make it on the back end, but it's totally different when I have somebody's that one hour of their time allocated to 25 people versus one hour of their time allocated to one person. Yeah. And you also just don't want to not be fired up to go do it because you've discounted somebody. Right. Yeah. It does. It's not, it's not as big of a hit if you put it on the membership. So that's just rec- where I recommend that you do it. Um, so I like where I'd say the lowest barrier is like 50, 50, cause that's a net zero in the following month. I'll make it up. If I have some sort of entry program in there, I'm still, even with, even if I did a 50, 50 or even more than that, I would still net positive for the month. The gain wouldn't be as much, but the following month, it's going to be significant. You know, if you stack two or three members on a, in, coming into the door who, you know, without a referral would be something to the tune of 300 bucks with some sort of onboarding process and then a membership. And I discounted it by, you know, a hundred bucks. And I have, let's just say I have five of them at 200 bucks would normally be 1500. It's still a thousand bucks. So, you know, you know going back to just some other lessons, what would you do as far as putting it out there? Is this something you just talk about in class? Is it something you put in a private Facebook group? Where do you let people know that you even have this referral process? This is an overarching theme with regard to communication in general. There is no over-communicating things like this. I will tell you where it sticks a little bit more is when I attach it to an event right? Like, like something like bring a friend week, because now it has relevance. If you just throw out into the ether that I've got a referral program and this is how it works. We all know, and somebody dropped this in our private Facebook group the other day. It's just like, Hey, where should I communicate with people? And my answer was everywhere. There is no place that you should not communicate with people, particularly on certain things. So you want to broadcast it obviously. But then I also want to give tools to people in order to use it. So if you, uh, like if, and a lot of People will put this on their website. If you have like just a, uh, if you, and you could do this on your, you could do this yourself. Like you could bootstrap this, make a Google form. And that is something that goes to you when somebody fills it out. And the form is, I want to refer my friend. <clears throat> so like, I want to refer Jay. I fill out my information. I fill out who Jay is. I give his information. I submit the form. And now your job is done, right? This also allows me to track it. So I don't lose track of who gave the referrals and when I can go back and look at all of these these form submissions. And I just follow up with the person I set it up and now I track it, the referral, I've got everything dialed up and I can give you your referral. I can give them their referral. I can send you a card, all of these things. That's the process and the program. So you can just make a Google form, 
add a link to your website. And then when we bring a friend week comes up or any of these other things, you just put in big, bold type hyperlinked out in that email that says, refer your friend here. So that's just, you got to put it in their hands. Now you should put it in their hands frequently. And then if you do it frequently enough, it's going to take, I don't know, four, five iterations before the bulk of your membership knows. So in this process, 18 months before it's something that people are continuously taking action on, right? You can get everybody to basically know about it in six months. But if you walk up to here, I mean, here's how you know if people know about it. Just walk up and be like, hey, do you know we have a referral program? And they're like, yes. I'm like, what is it? And I'm like, I would bet most people in the gym don't know. I think that's important. I think sometimes people, and especially box owners, think, okay, I need to have a specific time. I need to put it out here. Sometimes just walking up to your members and, hey, do you have any you know, friends? It's like when you're single. Hey, can you introduce me to somebody? And it's the you know, same here. You're like, I'm desperate. <laughs> <laughs> similar but you know hey you know you, you have any friends and and that's often where it's just a conversation leads to that hey tell me about some of the best things you've gained since you've been a member here at crossfit rifle oh, i lost 20 pounds uh, i got my first pull-up i you know met my significant other oh do you think any of your other friends would would be interested in having any of those yeah you know my friend johnny hey you know we have a referral program Right. So that one is probably the, the, and I'm not to say that it's awkward, probably like the most awkward is probably the one that people feel most uncomfortable with the Get easier one. Get right. Yeah. Which you should do. That. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying there's a lot of people that feel uneasy having that conversation with the ask portion of that. We all know that you have no problem with the ask. A lot of people do. If that's uncomfortable for you, the other way to do it is do like an informal kind of blanket shot or like, so we can use, we can wrap some coaching into this. We can go with the general ask versus the specific ask, right? If we're talking about cues. So a general cue is something I shout out to the group. I'm like, all right, push your knees out, everybody. Where a specific cue would be like, Jay, push your knees out. So if you're uncomfortable with the specific ask, Jay, would you mind referring a friend? You can do the general ask, which is we're doing bring a friend week. Here's the referral offer. Here's how you do it. So that's the easier kind of like semi-indirect way of doing it that people might feel more comfortable with. Yeah. But big picture is put, you know, like you said earlier, where should I be doing this anywhere and everywhere possible? This is your right. business. And every time you put it out there, it's potential for your business to do better, you know, not just, you know, with more members, but financially. So you should be investing in your business and that's part of it. What about maybe one or two things you've seen people do that, we should avoid. Um, I think the, f I've, I very seldom see the, you get a free month off work. I don't know why, but I very seldom see it work. And I think it goes back to what I said earlier is like me not taking something from you is totally different than me giving you something. And I also think that if the discount is too much, I think everybody doesn't find it valuable, right? Like if you're, if it's so valuable, they're just going to give it away. I'm like, it can't be that good is kind of my thought. You know, like I'm pretty sure Chick-fil-A gives chicken sandwiches away for free, like every Wednesday or something like that. Like, you really? get a, I think you get a coupon there. I'm like, but I'm not go going there. to get that. I, but I'm not going to get that because I don't think that particular chicken sandwich is that great. Like I might go get a chicken club sandwich or something like that with some Colby Jack cheese and a large fry. But milkshake. I'm not saying I've ordered that before, but I'm saying is I think that's a big mistake. And then the other big mistake is it's not a program. 
it's just an offering that is available. Right. Yeah, I think that's really where, where it goes wrong. And when it's an offering that's available, it's kind of just exists right. passively. Where if you have a referral program, it's active. We're talking about it. Your members know about it. And there's no better time than right now to really dial it back in because you know, you'll know you be listening to this a few days after New Year's, which to me is actually better than December. Everyone has their resolutions. People are going right. to join cheap gyms, Globo gyms for $9.99. You can't compete with that. And then when they realize, hey, I'm not showing up at this Globo gym or I'm not working hard or my friend's over here losing 20 pounds and I haven't dropped an inch, then they're going to come to you. So it's okay right. to be, you know, two weeks into the new year. I think that's really almost ideal. There's no wrong time to fine-tune your referral program, but don't feel like you have to rush it. We had this conversation no. the other day with someone in affiliate university. Don't rush, do it right, and that's what's going to work. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you, right. you've got time. All right. So if you want to learn more about referral programs, if you want to become a better coach or you want to be – the best box owner you can be, hit us up, Affiliate University. We're going to open more spots in the next coming weeks so you can check out our social media. There'll be a link there for you to book a, a free call, figure out if we're a good fit for you, you're a good fit for us, and we can help you become the, the box of your dreams, right, Fern? Hey, you're going to have the best hour of your day. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.